the show. Welcome to Penn Weekly. We're filming this day after the big game, after the Super Bowl, where the Ravens beat the 49ers 34-31. to And right now we have our 49ers superfan, Sun Penn, on the line. Sun, how you doing? Considering the circumstances, I'm doing I'm doing fine. <laughs> oh, gosh. Tough loss for the Niners on yesterday. Um, had a chance, about three chances inside the five-yard line to go ahead, uh, score a touchdown to go ahead in the game, and they couldn't do it. What happened? Well, there's two things going on. One was time. They wanted to leave. They wanted to score, but they didn't want to leave too much time on the clock. Also, if they didn't score, they wanted to leave enough time on the clock so that they could get the ball back with their timeouts. So what happened was, they ended up losing a timeout on because the play clock was winding down and they wanted to avoid the delay of game on third down. Another thing, so once they took that timeout away, they had to throw three times in a row if they wanted to preserve the clock as a contingency plan if they didn't score. So that forced them to throw three times. I, that's what my guess is why Harbaugh threw three times in a row so that if they didn't mm-hmm. get it in, they would, uh, they would be able to they uh, had a chance to get a three and out and have maybe about 20 to 30, maybe a minute, you know, if they had a two timeouts left to get the ball back to, to get a game time, oh, not a game time, a game time, a game winning drive, touchdown drive. So that's what happened. Uh, the delay game was really, I think the biggest play of the game, other than the, the no call holding, which I think I'm biased, so I think it was holding, but I wasn't going crazy over it because. You see that a lot of times in the in the end zone, they, they kind of just mug you. Unless it's super blatant, they don't really call it. But what I was going to say is the biggest play was the third down call where the play clock was running down and they were going to run the play. The play they were running or going to or were going to run was a QB counter run where Kaepernick fakes one way, but then he runs the other way of Frank Gorley as the lead blocker. And when I saw that play go off, Oh, I, th- I thought they were going to score on that play because I think it caught the Ravens off guard, and I don't think they have the linebacker speed to uh, catch Kaepernick on the edge. So I thought they were going to score on that play. Unfortunately, they didn't get the ball off in time, and as a result, a timeout was called. So I think it's turned on those plays. I think it's kind of funny that the refs kind of, quote-unquote, swallowed their whistles. I know their flags. Um, they didn't call the holding in the end zone. For the safety, I know it wouldn't have made a difference, but why didn't they call it? It's like they didn't, they were afraid of calling penalties within under two minutes. I don't know what the reason was why. Never explained to me why. No holds were called when there were probably eight holds going on at that during that play. So uh, yeah, it's a, it's uh, a big yeah, loss. They didn't, but yeah, it was a big loss. Um, Ravens won. Four uh, Niners make some mistakes, too many mistakes, uh, and you know if you make that many mistakes. Uh, you know, it's hard to win. You know, it was a pretty much uh, strange overall game with the Ravens going up 22 points, and then you have the uh, first-ever Super Bowl terrorist attack. Uh, just kidding. Uh, with the lights going out. Uh, it kind of reminded me of uh, a really petulant uh, person playing Madden against somebody, and then they just take a timeout for about five minutes <laughs> after they go up for, like, three touchdowns. So that's what it looked like some Niners fan just turned off, you know, just 
sat on pause for a long time, hoping that the Ravens would uh, go a quick game and then uh, secure the win. But, you know, what a great uh, game. I thought it was really exciting. And, you know, it's too bad the Niners, uh, you know, I think they kind of blew it at the end. They should have They should have won. You get that deep inside the Ravens territory with, you know, how many all pros do they have on that offensive line? And, you know, how many all pros have uh, uh, Frank Gore made? So, and then Haloni Nada wasn't in the game either. So I thought it was just a prime time to just run the ball four times up the middle. In hindsight, yeah, they, I think they should have run the ball. But like I said, Harbaugh didn't want time to go off. The, he wanted to have a backup plan just in case, which you can't have it both ways. You, if you run the ball, you can't do that. So it takes it out of the plan. If they were going to run the ball, though, they should have taken their final timeout before the fourth down play. Uh, when Kaepernick saw that, they were going to do an all-out blitz. Also, I don't I, yeah. I find the call, the call weird because – not because it was a fade, whatever. That, that's what that, it, it almost worked. They're a hold away from it working. But why did they line up Kaepernick under center for that? I mean, he's not used to doing that. He's more effective out of the shotgun. I mean, it'll freeze the – Linebackers with a read option uh, possibility. Also, he gives them more room to avoid a sack or an oncoming rusher and scramble around, maybe run in for a touchdown. So I thought it was kind of interesting why he lined up under center for that play. Yeah, just um, for some reason, you know, there's so much second guess on that last four downs for the 49ers. And you could have said Harbaugh's screen for penalties on every single play, you know, with the pass interference, and then there's holding calls, and I have to say, uh, is Jim Harbaugh the biggest crybaby with officials in the league right now? Yeah, I can't think of anybody more, so, other than maybe the Ryan brothers, I I can't think of anybody uh, more. <laughs> I can't think of anybody sure. more than Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> I mean, it's like a... Well, it's like watching uh, Gene Hackman uh, coach the Hickory team just flipping out. Yeah. It's weird to see a football player, uh, football coach do that. But but how are you doing? You know, how are you recovering from this big loss? I mean, it was a big loss after the game. I didn't want to do anything. Uh, I guess what happens to most people is they go into zombie mode. That's what I did. I just became a zombie. <laughs> just uh, I turned to. <laughs> I didn't really want to watch TV or do anything just to, you know, try to figure out what I wanted to do to get my mind off of it. Um, I just went over the plate uh, in my head, you know, but, you know, it gets better. <laughs> well, what did you end up doing? I was going to watch Platoon, but uh, I, I got too tired and I just went to bed. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough loss. It's a tough way to lose, you know, so close. You know, another miraculous comeback, and you know, the United really did control that second half. And uh, uh, yeah. you know, it was just you know, a few mistakes here and there. And the Ravens really played well. Uh, Joe Flacco, especially. I don't know what it is where the 49ers do so well in the second half, but they play so poorly in the first half. They they limited the Ravens to I think six six point. Oh, I guess they gave that kickoff return. Touchdown first play of the second half. Um, other than that, on offense, six points in the second half, which is pretty good, opposed to 21 points in the first half. They had some big penalties in the first half as well. So, 
A lot of small mistakes. Yeah, that's correct. They, the Niners were moving the ball in the first half, just a couple of turnovers, and just uh, really did them in, and then they just couldn't stop Joe Flacco. Yeah, Flacco was pretty much unstoppable. Like I said before, the 49ers' weakness is their secondary in pass coverage. Uh, their corners, sometimes uh, they, they're not physical enough, and their safeties are good in running, run stopping, and run support, but they can get lost in deep uh, coverages which is what happened yesterday. Here's my question. Okay, so I just think of things as in, in Madden terms, uh, clock management. That's why I knew Harbaugh was doing. He wanted to save more time. Um, but what I think the move for the 49ers to do is to try to trade for Darrell Revis. What do you think? As long as Revis is healthy, he's coming off an ACL tear. They do need a top-flight cornerback, and I don't know what their cap looks like, but the 49ers might be the most talented team in the league, all pros everywhere on both sides of the ball. So um, if that's something that puts them over top, if that helps them uh, score three more points in the Super Bowl, yeah, why not do it? But the 49ers are a really good uh, scouting and drafting team. I'm sure they'll pick up somebody this offseason to help them with their secondary. And you know, they'll go ahead and reload. They have so many young, talented players. I, I don't see them, you know, dropping off yeah. next year. But the, th- the thing is their division is getting tougher with Seattle Seahawks. The Rams are lurking. Cardinals just hired a new coach. They're lurking. Uh, uh, you know, watch out for the Cardinals. <laughs> Maybe they'll make the playoffs yeah. for the fourth time in 40 years. You better watch out. <laughs> yeah, you better watch out. Ryan, Ryan Lindsay is coming back. Um, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I would trade for Revis because I don't think there's a, another time where you can get him as cheap as coming off an ACL surgery. He might not be 100% of what he was, but even 80% with that defense, I think, would would be historically good, I think, with Revis um, on one side of the field. Even at even at 80% of what he was, they're tra- he's on the trade market right now. They're looking to trade him. And Harbaugh doesn't play rookies anyway. Their first-round draft pick this year was A.J. Jenkins, wide receiver. I don't think he saw the field more than five snaps. Uh, LaMichael James... Mm-hmm was also picked this year. He only played when Kendall Hunter went down. So Harbaugh right. uh, or Coach Jim, he uh, he doesn't play as rookie. So just trade the draft picks for Revis. That's what I say. But what do I know? I'm I'm not in football, but <laughs> so that's what I would like. That's what I that's what I would like uh, to see. Oh, would you what would you like to see from Kaepernick next year? More of the same. I think he has some of that Eli Manning in him where he doesn't get to play call in time. A lot of delay games, a lot of snap, the ball snapping at one second on the play clock. He needs to read the, I just want him to be able to read defenses faster, maybe audible faster, and just, you know, hot routes, things like that. But other than that, he's, he's doing pretty well. He's got that, maybe one of the strongest, maybe the strongest arm since John Elway. And, he runs so fast. He's deceptively, deceptively fast, uh, getting around the edge. Right. I mean, he had a super impressive game for the 49ers, um, running the ball over 300 yards, passing, and just 
just throwing these rockets left and right. It's it's so strange to see receivers stop and then get the ball and without the defense being able to react fast enough. It, you know, it's kind of like watching high school football. <laughs> you know, they're not really anticipated the road. <laughs> yeah, so, he's, he, he's a young player. He looks like he's going to be a really great one. Yeah, I hope so. Hopefully, uh, the league doesn't catch on with the read option. But I, I think what I'm going to agree with Phil Sims, if he wasn't even a read option quarterback, I think he would still be effective because he has such a strong arm and it's accurate enough to succeed in the in the pocket. So. I think he would be okay. Right. You know, if he didn't have the running ability, he'd have, uh, he'd be Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco just won a Super Bowl. He's going to get paid. 20 million a year, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) I can't believe I I said that sentence out loud. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. (laughs) This guy's been written off for the past five years of his career. Well, I think, uh, I think a lot of people have, even this year. I mean, he's really, his career arc is super similar to, Eli Manning struggled right up and down for regular season. He got hot this postseason, unstoppable, 11 touchdowns, no interceptions. So really reminiscent of Eli Manning beating the Patriots. Um, right. So, but who knows what's going to – maybe he'll just <laughs> miss the playoffs next year. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Uh, yeah, one person who's missing the playoffs is Ray Lewis. Yeah. So I guess that's that's good for everybody. Don't worry, Ray Lewis. He gets to go out yeah, on top. Uh, good for him. He's a he was probably a minus defender, a minus player on the field, but emotionally, he, I guess he brought other things. Right. You know, he's such a big team leader. Everybody looks up to him. All the younger players. Uh, these Ravens men, even though they struggled so poorly. Uh, right before a playoff started. But, you know, throughout the season, I never really thought they were bad as everyone was saying they were. But, uh, I think you know, I kind of wrote them off myself when they went through that tail, uh, tailspin at the end of the season. I wrote them off when they fired their offensive coordinator and hired Jim Caldwell to call plays, the, the human mannequin. Uh, <laughs> maybe he just needed to cheer. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's a pretty unorthodox way for them to win. And who knew Drew Flacco could do something like this? You know, I've seen it so many box scores where, you know, he's 10 for 22 and 100 yards passing. And yeah, he just caught fire. Inspired by Ray Lewis, I suppose. (laughs) Uh, you know, even though we weren't rooting for the Ravens, uh, I guess both of us could say we're happy for BYU alumni Dennis Pitta for winning the Super Bowl and for catching yeah, the am. Super Bowl touchdown pass. I am happy for Dennis uh, Pitta, Pitta Pitt. Uh, he was there at BYU when I was there, so it's another thing that's kind of kind of fun. So I remember him walking around that's or true. jogging around, taking a, taking a victory lap around the BYU stadium his last Game as a senior at uh, in Provo. <laughs> memory, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's great memories. Great memories. Um, you know, seeing Dennis Pitta uh, catch so many passes from uh, Max Hall. So, and uh, also when I played NCAA 
football, video games. You know, Dennis Pitta was my go-to guy. He, I must have caught a thousand passes from me <laughs> during my you know uh, you know, video game career. Slot crosses, uh, slot cross. I mean, yeah. That play, uh, I'm, I'm playing NCAA 13 right now, and they they pretty much shut that play down. No more uh, crazy really? play. Really? Oh, that play yeah. worked 90% of the time. Every third down, that was my play. <laughs> yeah, it worked. It worked. It's, uh, yeah, 90%. That'd be accurate. Now it works maybe uh, 5 out of 10, 4 out of 10. Really? Yeah. Even uh, on man coverage? Even on man coverage. The defense is... Wow. The linebacker always undercuts it and intercepts it if you throw it too late. Oh, he already... He, these linebackers already know what play, where the play is going, I guess. They're getting smarter. Yeah, but at the same time, I like the physics of the NCAA 13 because if they're not looking, they don't swap the ball down. So sometimes you throw it and you think it's gonna be intercepted, but they don't. They don't see it, so they don't even move, and they just catch it right behind, right up, right behind them. It's kind of fun. That's nice. That's nice. Uh, you know, you should check that out. Um, all right. I guess uh, any final Super Bowl thoughts? Well, I, other than I wish that the 49ers won. Uh, no, I think. Uh, I just I hope it's not the end of things. I hope this isn't the 49ers speak. A lot of uh, Super Bowl losers. Don't ever get back to the Super Bowl for whatever reason. Uh, but hopefully that's different for the 49ers. Um, hopefully, like, uh, John Elway, Kaepernick gets more chances. You know, everybody thought John Elway was a big loser for losing three Super Bowls, but he ended up winning two. So hopefully uh, the 49ers franchise, and as a fan of the franchise, I don't have to wait that long until the end of uh, <laughs> Kaepernick's career. To see that, I don't think the 49ers are in that bad of shape. Uh, you know, they have a lot of talent. They still have Harbaugh coming to his third year as the coach, and they have Kaepernick, who's gonna, you know, have a full off season to work on whatever he needs to work on, and they'll come back and hopefully, you know, they'll stay healthy. Um, past two years, they stayed unbelievably healthy. I think they only lost five games to uh, to starters in two seasons. So hopefully their uh, injury luck continues. Um, Now, I guess, what's your thoughts on the blackout during the game? (laughs) I thought it was interesting. I, you know, like everyone else, uh, thought it was pretty boring. I I figured it would be about 30 minutes, so I was just wondering what was going to go on. What I really wanted to see was Jim Nance and Phil Simms either on the field or have the people in the studio or Steve Tasker or Salma Wilcox do the rest of the game. That's what I wanted to see. <laughs> <laughs> it's Steve Tasker, Salma Wilcox. <laughs> uh, okay, what what was the best uh, blackout joke you saw yesterday? Oh, I, don't, I can't remember a specific one, but I, I saw a lot of Bane from the Batman series jokes. I saw a lot of those jokes on <laughs> On Twitter, a lot of... Uh, uh, yeah, I, I thought guess, that... <laughs> you know, I get things like, uh, is this the part where uh, he goes to classes? Or something, you know, things like that. But I thought that was funny. Oh, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny too. Um, you know, there was no hind word out there, so uh, I was kind of surprised. <laughs> you know, I was, I was hoping you'd see hind word come jump jogs out there. Um, but yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, you know, I I was half heartedly thinking uh, Bane's going to come out and uh, snap Roger Goodell's neck in front of the crowd. Uh, of course, uh, uh, that didn't happen. I'm just joking. I, I don't wish that to happen to anybody. But uh, one strange <laughs> oh, yeah, thing, I <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh, just pure anarchy. Uh, I was hoping that the game would be restarted. <laughs> That's what I that would be good for the 49ers. It actually yeah. worked out really well for the 49ers. Um, if, if they needed a comeback to stop the game for 30 minutes, what uh, Ravens thought about winning the Super Bowl, yeah, that was that was a perfect plan. I think I think Jim Harbaugh, I think, is shrewd enough to actually think about that. Have somebody just set some explosives off back in the generator. Yeah, Don Cheadle or something. Yeah, uh, Harbaugh. He's a um, he's the best coach. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he has contingency for everything. Yeah, and I guess uh, we'll go ahead and move on, talk about different things about the Super Bowl. Um, first thing, uh, Alicia Keys' national anthem. Uh, what do you think? Really long. It's, uh, really long. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. I think I it was the longest in, longest in Super Bowl history, I think. <laughs> uh, you are right. Um, I actually didn't think of that. I didn't feel it that long. I guess you probably found it longer since you, uh, you were anticipating the game. But uh, I enjoyed it. Um, and I guess uh, let's take a look at the halftime performance by Beyonce. I thought that it was, um, it was all right. Yeah, that's, that's, part where, that's part where you're supposed to say, uh, who's Beyonce? But, uh, but that's okay. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, I... I, I, I couldn't see the cue cards. <laughs> yeah, <you> know. <laughs> uh, uh, did you like the performance? I thought it was okay. I didn't think the singing was good. I don't think it was a good performance as people think it is, or it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, dancing was what I expect, and Destiny's ch- Children or Childs hopping out of the stage from under the stage was kind of neat. I suppose. Um, but other than that, I thought it was average. Uh, I didn't think it was anything oh, special as people are making it out to be. Well, let's, well what did uh, what, what did your wife think about it? She liked the dancing, but she didn't like the singing because it was virtually non-existent. <laughs> she also loved huh? Destiny's Child coming out. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it was kind of cool. They did they did spring out of those little underneath the stage. Pretty cool. Um, yeah, uh, it was a really energetic performance. The acoustics weren't very good, so it was hard to hear her sing. But um, I was hoping for a, a bigger special guest than Destiny's Child. You know, I was hoping maybe see Jay Z or somebody uh, come down from the sky. But. Um, yeah, it was a great performance. Um, you know, there's, I think there's, everyone loved it. And then everybody got mad because everyone loved it too much. And, and then there was a backlash against it. So now <laughs> everyone's just coming out and saying how much they didn't like it. But, um, 
I I enjoyed it more than last year's performance with uh, Madonna. Oh yeah, I I did I did not even remember who it was last year, but yeah, Madonna. Did she have a special yeah. guest like Cindy Lauper? Somebody came out right. <laughs> uh yeah, it was oh, yeah. MIA, oh. Nicki Minaj. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't know if they had somebody like that, like a really old person, like uh, uh, Prince. Or I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, I um, I thought it was okay. There was no singing. She should have lip synced uh, the performance. Oh, uh, yeah, it I, better. I, I, you know, that's fine. Maybe she was planning on doing it like she did with the inauguration, and then everybody got mad at her because she did that. I'm like. Ah, you know, just as long as it sounds like, I don't mind if they let think. Yeah, and it's her singing. Plus, it's hard to sing and dance at the same time. Oh, and especially in a such a big stadium, you know, the acoustics just probably aren't very good. Uh, Unless you're a rock band. Yeah, you can't do the the wall of sound. It's really hard to do in a stadium setting. You've got to be like Led Zeppelin or Radiohead or something, you know. A stadium or arena rock yeah, band. I don't know. That's fine. Yeah, it's, it was just tough. It's tough. Um, though, uh, you know, uh, it was enjoyable. And I guess another big part of Super Bowl Sunday is the commercials. Do uh, you have any favorite commercials you saw yesterday? Yeah, uh, Leon Sand, Sandcastle? I, was, I thought he was going to say Sandusky. <laughs> Oh, but no. Leon Sanders, NFL Network. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. That was my favorite commercial. Yeah. What about you? Uh, You know, I liked the Seth Rogen and uh, Paul Rudd Samsung commercial. I thought that one was pretty funny. Oh, I forgot about Um, that. That one is, that was a good one, yeah. So, that was a good one. Uh, You know, there's a couple other good ones. There's the, um, the Kia Babies one. That one's uh, yeah, generate the Yeah, the one about um you know, the kid asked the dad where do babies come from, so he creates this elaborate story. Oh yeah, I know. Right now a lot of people favorite commercial is the uh Clydesdale commercial with the horse. Um it's big news. And I guess the most controversial commercial was and on on the eighth day God made a farmer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I thought that was okay. I thought it was a church talk probably, but I have nothing against it. Yeah. Thought, though when I was watching it I thought a lot of people were gonna have problems with this because of religion. But I think I think I guess they were fine with that. They're selling trucks to the Bible Belt. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that that comes from Middle America. So you're living in San Antonio and I, I guess I'm wondering what's the reaction in San Antonio to that commercial because here in California and Los Angeles in this uh, you know, metropolitan city, you know, everybody's making fun of it, uh and just uh you know, just flipping out about, you know, who cares about farmers and they have a lot of funny parody, uh, and God made a farmer, um, clips. One saying, uh, and on the eighth day, um, God made a farmer so he could drink cheap beer and beat up on his wife. 
Well, uh, so you got a lot of that going on here in <laughs> Los Angeles. Yes, different different uh, strokes for different folks. Um, no, here it's it's uh, Texas. Texas is a different. Well, you could, a, lot, a lot of Texans like to say it's a different country, even. So I think they liked it overall. Yeah. Although this isn't uh, really an agricultural city. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I personally, uh, you know, thought it was a good commercial. I mean, made a good point. And no, I might not be the specific audience for it. I can understand why it would appeal to like somebody living in Middle America. Um, but I thought this was actually a really good year in commercials. Um, you know, there was no Clint Eastwood this year. So it's okay. <laughs> uh but yeah, it was a it was a good year for commercials. Uh a really good Super Bowl. I you know, it's really surprising that you know, for the past uh five, six, seven years the Super Bowl's been really good. For past ten years, ever since what the blowout with Tampa Bay versus the Raiders, every Super Bowl's been really competitive and fun to watch. So, um, overall, uh, you know, despite the fact that when I lost, you know, I gave this Super Bowl an A. Oh, yeah, it was a really good game. It came right down to the, not exactly the final position, but the final, almost the final position. It came out to within the last two minutes and really close to the goal line. But, you know, yeah, it was a good game. Give the Ravens their due. Uh, they won the game. They made a few mistakes and were able to win. So, just hope, uh, you know, hopefully it doesn't do, dwell on the 49er players. Yeah, I think they'll get over it. I mean, they, they're so young. They'll, they'll come back. No question. And you're looking at the NFC big picture-wise, you, know, you have the Packers who haven't been – Absolutely stellar past couple's uh past year and then you have the Seahawks who are up and comers. And then you have the Falcons and the Redskins. So there's there's not that much competition out there in the NFC right now. So if anything I think the Niners still are the best team in the NFC moving forward. Hopefully. Um like you said, the Falcons are going to be good. You got you. The Saints might be good too with Sean Payton coming back. People forget about the Saints. The Giants right, are always right, third. Right. So, Eagles uh, probably not. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no Eagles next year. <laughs> they won't be there. Cowboys. I'm sorry, Cowboy fans. Uh, looks like it's going to be another rough year on a Romo coaster. But uh, you know, it's sad to say goodbye to football. Um, you know, if this was the NFL Network, you know, we'd be talking about the NFL Combine <laughs> starting today. <laughs> but I don't think we're going to do that. And um, what's your final thoughts on this year's uh, NFL season? Great season. A lot of good stars. Some controversies with the, the Bounding Gate and the replacement refs. 
But other than that, a, a great season. Oh, and player and player safety. But a really good season, a really enjoyable season, uh, great playoffs. I'm looking forward to next year. All right, yeah, let's go ahead and look forward to next year. And right now, we're going to look ahead and give our weekly Los Angeles Lakers disaster season update. Um, <laughs> Lakers, Lakers actually haven't been playing that poorly recently. Um, they actually won past couple games against mediocre teams. Uh, and not, and not necessarily mediocre teams, uh, relative to, uh, the top team of the league, but relative to the Lakers. These are teams with, that are at least 15 games under 500, uh, beating the Timberwolves and the Pistons. And, um, there's not really much else to say other than the fact that, uh, Paul Gasol, you know, playing well when he starts and, um, you know, just beating up on a bunch of softies. Yeah, the Pagasol is really thriving in the uh, deep post or position uh, that he's playing right now. I wonder how it'll change when Dwight Howard comes back. If he comes back, I think he will, though. So I, hopefully it doesn't change too much. I, I was watching a, the Clippers game today with the, against the Wizards, and I saw Trevor Ariza. What do you think? Do you, do you think that Trevor Ariza... Or Metaworld Peace, who would you rather have right now? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, looking about how uh, the Koreans have gone for the both of them, it looks like Trevor Reza just caught fire during those playoffs in 2009 and, and um, you know, where he shot 50% from three-point line and had a lot of big games during that playoff season. But, you know, if you look back in the past four or five years, ever since, that playoff run. He's just been uh a pretty average player. You know, not not a big scorer, not a big rebounder, not a big passer. Um you know, shooting maybe thirty three percent on three pointers. So it looked like a reason he played player to thrive with you know, all stars around him and he'd be a really great complimentary role player if he had you know, size to play with. But if you're comparing between Ron Artest, you're happy with Ron Artest just because of what he did in the 2010 finals in Game 7. So, uh, you know, I'd still take Ron Artest. And also, he has a more interesting story and name. And uh, there's he's always entertaining, and there's always a good chance of violence to happen on the court. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely taking uh, our test. Uh, like I didn't know your bloodlust for violence uh, went yeah. to the NBA court. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he did punch <laughs> Brandon Knight in the chin. <laughs> I mean, he clinched him with a clinch and then gave him an uppercut. <laughs> uh, yesterday's game. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think he had a balance last back. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, there's definitely something wrong with him. He he just loves to just show up and just get people's faces and get real physical. And uh, it's really exciting to watch that. And it's good to have <laughs> to make a summary like that. So it's fun. I think it's funny that someone gets punched up based by runner test and uh, nobody ever does anything because this guy really might go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> 
no retaliation. Yeah, that's whatsoever. true. Yeah, Brandon Knight. Yeah, he kind of threw a punch, but yeah, he just he he quickly backed away. Yeah, he did not want any part of that. Yeah, you do not want to mess with that guy. He is maybe he's he's unbalanced, probably unbalanced. <laughs> uh, he for sure is unbalanced. He's a psychologist. Um, funny thing though, the Lakers Network out here and uh, the Time Warner Network they they run this show. On Lakers backstage, and for the past weeks they've been showing episodes of uh, Ron Artest going to uh, UCLA and talking to kids about, you know, mental health, mental health and mental welfare. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting and inspiring. And then uh, we see him play on the court, just trying to set stuff up with players. Yeah, there certainly is a contradiction sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, yeah, yeah, and, you know, Mm-hmm. All right. Did you did you get a chance to get uh, to see Andre Drummond up close this uh, this this past game? Uh, you know, I did see him. Um, I saw him dunk the ball, and and at this point of his career, that's all he could really do. <laughs> he could jump and rebound, but yeah, he does mostly just dunk. Miss free throws. But you know, Dwight Howard did ball. But remember Dwight Howard coming in the league, he wasn't he didn't win rookie of the year. He wasn't I mean, Omeka Okafor won rookie of the year. So I mean he's on pace. I mean if he works at it, he could be good in a few years. Yeah, he he is still just so raw. Um you know, Dwight Howard is a special player just because he's so incredibly athletic and and he had great coaching around him, so uh, you know, people forget that Dwight Howard is just more than an energy guy. You know, he's a really good passer, actually, on the post. And, yeah, he can score buckets. He scored buckets. Yeah, he's a good point. He's a good pick and roll player, too. What do you think of, uh, Andrew Bynum coming back? He's, he said he's going to come back right after the All-Star break. Uh, you know, I hope he just comes back whenever he's ready and fully healthy. He has a lot of knee issues, and uh, I just hope he doesn't rush it. He gets his uh, areas around his knees a lot stronger. But, yeah, I think it's really a a a no-impact type of move because they're not going to beat the Heat with Bynum. And, you know, they could either... Get the AC or not the AC with Barnum. I don't think they're really going to go anywhere with or without him. Okay. I have, uh, okay. What about uh, just another team in the East? Boston Celtics. Do you think they're better with Rondo? They've won four in a row. Do you think they're they're better with I Rondo? Think right. Do you think the Lakers have a chance of beating him when they play this week? I think the Lakers will win this week on Thursday night. And, you know, the Celtics did win four in a row. But I think right now they're just trying to play. They're playing with that emotion of everybody wrote us off. As soon as Rondo got hurt, all the Boston people are saying, oh, the lottery team, let's blow up. Let's blow this team up. Let's trade KG, trade Paul Pierce. And I think the pride of the Celtics, uh, Celtic pride is, uh, you know, and that's what they're filled with. And, uh, I think their talent is going to catch up to them. I don't think 
they'll probably make the playoffs, but they're not going to uh, ex- excel. And I don't think they're better without Rondo, even though I'm sure they want Barnwell. I think it's just their pride right now. And uh, speaking of uh, upcoming games, big game this week for the Lakers. They have the Celtics on Thursday and then the Heat on Sunday. Uh, how do you think they'll fare against the Celtics and the Heat this week? Well, first of all, I want to say thanks for resisting the Celtic pride joke with uh, Daniel Stern and Damon Wayne. I think you wanted to say it. <laughs> I didn't want to say that uh, what happened actually is uh, KG and Paul Pierce kidnapped Rondo and tied him up and put him in, <laughs> put him in there. Uh, some crazy Celtic fan, Bill Simmons maybe, tied up Rondo, put him in his basement, <laughs> and see how they do. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, to answer your question about the Heat, I think they'll, I think they can play with the Heat, but the Heat, they have a gear. They just, they just turn up them another notch when they need it, and they just. Their defense just goes into this hyperactive mode, and you can't do anything against it. So I think the Lakers will probably lose that game. I'm hoping they win. I hope Howard is in that game as well. That would help uh, with the Heat's lack of size in the post. So I, I, I still think they lose, though. What do you think? Uh, yeah, the best pick-and-roll defense team in the league in the Miami Heat versus a uh, – Pick and roll only offense with the Lakers, and they're probably one of the worst pick and roll teams in the league as well. So, so does not look good. Um, so it looks like LeBron James is going to win his 25th game in a row against Kobe Bryant <laughs> this Sunday. Yeah, it's probably going to be the case with uh, LeBron James and. They're just so good on the pick-and-roll. I mean, they cannot even get into their offense when they when the Heat want to just shut the pick-and-roll down. Oh, they smothered that pick-and-roll so fast. It's, it's incredible. Their, their team speed, you have LeBron James out there, and then uh, you put in uh, Joel Anthony, even though they're playing four and five on the offensive end, you get the monster against that pick-and-roll. Yeah, now they have Birdman. So how they do? Yeah, they have Birdman now. He he's been he's been playing for a few games. And, oh really? Uh, I didn't he, know they had Birdman. Yeah, they have Birdman, and he uh, he's had two plays this year already where he's done fast break euro step moves. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Oh well, you know, congratulations to Birdman. Welcome back. Yeah, the Birdman is ready to fly again. <laughs> And he yeah. he is he is ninety five percent covered in tattoos. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm not sure what his uh, point is. Tattoos. I I think he wants to be the first ever uh, NBA player to be confused with a serial killer cult member. Maybe is that what his goal is? Oh, I think it's far beyond that point. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. So it'll be good for the Lakers. 
they'll be coming in and you know they play off wash it looks like there's about 30 games left they're gonna have to win about 20 of these last 30 games to even make the playoffs which could be tough they're only they're only three back in the loss column from the for the eighth spot though so if they can make up three yeah. games i think they can do that i think they could do that i mean it's definitely not without the realm, uh, not, it's definitely within the realm of their, uh, possibility. You know, good luck. Good luck to these Lakers. Yeah. And, uh, before, uh, you know, you know, before we go here, we have to give an obligatory, um, Mike D'Antoni diss of the week. Uh, if you want to complain about Mike D'Antoni and, you know, I'm not sure what type of coach uh, allows some 500 teams when they're down 25 to come back within to tie or even win the game in three consecutive games. Uh, you know, I think that's because the Lakers starters have to each play 35 plus minutes a game, no matter what the score is. And it's just it's just so crazy what what type of rotation he does. Um, on how he insists on playing the oldest backcourt in the league, the most minutes in the league as well. It just does not make any sense. Yeah, I think Jody Meeks, a capable backup, by the way, only played 10 minutes last game, when he should be playing yeah. about 20 to 25 minutes a game. Right, right. I mean, if you're up that much, you got to get your backups in there and milk that lead. Instead, you know, he sends these guys back in when, well before they're ready to come back and, you know, they just let that lead slip even more. So, uh, Mike D'Antoni, uh, you are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, alright. Well, um, you know, I think that's our podcast for the week. Uh, son, you got anything else to plug? Uh, you know, I just uh, saw 2001 Space Odyssey directed by Stanley Kubrick. And it is a very interesting movie if you haven't seen it. Um, a lot of people like it. I liked it, but it was very different. Oh, yeah, a lot of ambient noise for long stretches of the film. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's different, definitely different type of filmmaking. It is, but a lot of people say it's like the basis for all science fiction movies, which I can see. It's interesting. I right, watch, I... Old, yeah, to watch old movies and see how. Well, a lot of times people think they're boring because they're not very. They're, they've seen it before, but the thing is, when they were made, they it's something that people hadn't seen before. So, kind of interesting to do it right backwards. It's like people who are now able to watch the Star Wars one through six in order, and it's, uh, I think that's weird, but for them it's normal. Right, it's uh, reverse engineering. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, um, you know, there's a lot of great films out there. Uh, you know, we're going to eventually have to do an Oscar podcast. Hopefully you can catch up on uh, watching these Oscar films. Yeah, eventually. Or I can just tell you based on the trailers. 
right. I, I guess that could be our gimmick. Uh, I'll watch the full movie, and then you watch the trailers, and then we'll see <laughs> what happens. Yeah. All right. That sounds good. That sounds good. Okay. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. That's our show for today, and uh, we'll see you later. Thanks. Thank you.